The best thing about what I get to do every day and market for Kenway Construction is I am my audience. So you need somebody creating content for your company that understands your audience. For us, it started out as just showcasing the jobs. It started out as me, hey, this is a cool song. I wanna make a video to it and showcase this project. From there, I then realized, hey, I'm actually doing social media to hire people. I'm not so much doing it to show and to get clients, even though that does happen, but I'm doing it to show the culture. I'm doing it to show what Ken White Construction is all about and the culture at Ken White Construction. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Con Expo Con Egg Podcast. Listen, I'm your host, Taylor White, and this episode is going to be a tad different uh, than any other one that you've done. I first off want to start by saying I never get the chance at the beginning of them to thank everybody that has been listening, watching on YouTube, wherever, you know, you kind of consume the Con Expo Con Egg Podcast. I also want to thank Komatsu, which is the sponsor of all these podcasts. Shout out Komatsu, major shout out to uh, the beautiful Yellow Iron. We really appreciate the support. I appreciate the support. Today's podcast is unlike any other. Today's podcast is a total 100% solo podcast by yours truly. Answering the questions that I put out, the Con Expo Con Egg Instagram account put out, I'm answering it all. And to be honest with you, there is a common theme. The one that we have with Randy Blount, uh, Blount, people were very interested in, you know, what he had to say and the financials. And uh, I'm excited to talk about that stuff with you guys today. I'm also excited to talk about all the other stuff. Everyone's asking about how much money you make. Um, what's the most profitable way to make money? What's next? What's next for KWC? What's next for the podcast? What are you most excited about, about Con Expo? So this podcast is 100% um, for you guys, but I wanted to make sure that I thanked everybody first because I never get to do that. And if you're listening right now, give us a rating, five star. You can do that wherever you're listening. Uh, tag us on Instagram when you're listening to these podcasts. That stuff is also huge. Um, yeah, man, let's get into it. There's a couple questions. I'm gonna go through. There was a there was so many questions because um, Con Expo actually put out some stuff as well too. Um, we're gonna start with stuff that was directed towards our account, um, but there was so much crossover, obviously. Um, so first question that we have is from Unity Earthworks, and he asked the biggest struggle you have with the company and how are you improving it. Boom. Let's start off with a heavy hitter, shall we? Uh, also towards the end. I'm going to get more specific about some stuff. So make sure you're tuning around for that. But um, yeah, great question. So right now, and that's, I think, why the Randy podcast was so engaging, especially for me, but a lot of listeners, um, construction right now in Ottawa, I'm not talking about the rest of the world. I don't know what's going on, but it's slow. It's pretty quiet here right now. We're fortunate enough to be steady. So I'm not complaining about that, but cash flow is just terrible right now and it's a constant battle of finding money in order to you know you have accounts payable that are aging right you print off your aging detail from our quickbooks and it's like okay these guys are getting 60 plus now we got to give them money but we haven't got money in from our receivables that we have there's stuff sitting in receivables big thing with commercial we grew into commercial this year well guess what when you do commercial work there's a 10 percent holdback on everything so those 10 percent holdbacks is generally like your true profit now i'm gonna get them in february and march 
So in no way will I be able to enjoy them as profit or put the money back into the business. The money is going to stay in the business and help pay for payroll, um, payroll deductions. HST, which is our government tax here in Canada and Ontario. So it's just a crazy time of year. So the biggest struggle is cash flow, man. And I don't have it figured out. Um, that's why I like talking to Randy on this, but that's why I like being open with you guys because I like talking about it so much because it consumes my life. And I know that a lot of other people are in, in a different boat. You know, you just got to do stuff and you're asking, well, how, how are you, you know, overcoming cash flow if there's no money? Well, you got to overcome it and you got to be balls to the wall really i'm balls to the wall i'm in this i'm in this you know you can't make some payments or or your business needs some money to pay off some bills then hopefully you got a little bit of equity in your house and you could pull out a line of credit um, on your house and borrow money against the equity in your home and use that to float yourself and then when you get money you can pay yourself back but that's in a perfect scenario you can pay yourself back but those are just some ways that i have found um works and i know that that's not something new i knew i know people have been doing that forever but for me it's like you know i'm fortunate enough to have some equity in my home and uh, you know you can borrow some money against that and uh help carry yourself through those times because it's such a struggle man it is so to answer your question unity earthworks biggest struggles cash flow baby and i still don't have it figured out this is the next question and i love this one because a lot of people are listening on here it says give advice to young entrepreneurs wanting to open a business thank you josh gilamet gil emiti advice for young entrepreneurs wanting to open a business i love when people ask me this because it kind of rolls into like what do i need to be successful? What do I need to um, find success? Uh, what do I need to start my own business? How do I grow? I'm gonna give the classic boring answer, which is work harder. I'm a big believer in working hard because I was somebody who is not super smart. I know I'm good at a few things for sure. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you know, when you can't work smarter, all that's left is hard work and hard work never out trumps somebody. You know, I, I know a lot of people that have master degrees from universities um, or, you know, post-secondary special education. And I know a lot of people who don't have that and are more successful than those people. And I'm not an advocate for don't get up, don't go get education. There's nothing wrong and you will never harm yourself with getting more education, but just have a clear path towards what you want to do. Um, that's kind of my problem with it, you know, is people go and they go on these courses uh, in university and college because uh, blue collar, uh, you know, you don't want to go down the road of blue collar. Uh, that's that's terrible. You don't want to end up like Jim Bob there like that's bull. And it's I hate that because that is the furthest thing away from the truth. Blue collar raised my family's family. Blue collar raised me growing up. Blue collar raised my current kids my daughter my son um it puts food on the table for all of our employees um it's not something to look down on and i hate people that do there's a separation between blue and white collar but like construction is really cool and i was talking about this with somebody the other day and they're talking about like blue collar is really cool because even if you can do a transition from blue collar to white collar like we have white collar jobs here in the office uh we have people that are project managers or we have people that are uh estimating uh financial uh you know cfos or or or, or operators um operations managers 
there's a lot of different ways that you can grow within. So just because you start there doesn't mean you're necessarily stuck there, but there also is 100% nothing wrong with being stuck there. I'm in a great position. I, you know, I have people in the office. I, I'm more of a psych guy. I'm, I'm not a guy that's going to sit there uh, on a computer all day. And be, and I need people like that. You, you need both people. So it's hard to, to bring one, one type of people up and bring another down because essentially you need everybody to make things go right. Um, so now that that 100% tangent is out of the way, dude, working hard, man. Just work hard. Like, don't stop. Because if you can put yourself above everybody, the, the next guy or the next girl, dude, you will win 100% of the time. And I get a lot of slack for the work harder stuff. Um, people are like, yeah, like the classic, you know, well, you should be working smarter, not harder, man. That's great. And again, I'll just say, you know, that's great. That's all fine and dandy. But I know a lot of real smart people that aren't doing as well as a lot of people who aren't as smart as them um, because they just work their 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 butts off. Yeah, I'm going to try to struggle not to go on tangents on this part, but we're going to get into some juicy stuff here. Um, OK, so a guy named Daniel B says talk numbers something nobody really talks about revenue profit expenses etc okay um so in order to talk about that uh, i don't know if i want to talk specifics about my own company but i don't know maybe i do like maybe i do want to talk about specifics maybe i'm about to drop the the knowledge of how much can my construction does how much are we doing um i will tell people that we were like a we were a six figure business and in the past four years we've gone from six figures to seven figures i am not over 10 million dollars in revenue i wish that'd be great i believe our profit margin last year was uh, not the best to be honest with you i think after everything was all said and done it was like it was super low. It was like 6%, maybe 5%. Um, so I think that's why this year, I really want to focus on profitability. And that's kind of what we were talking about at the start, but figuring out, you know, what's in your, what's in your overhead, figuring out what type of stuff you should put into your overhead when you're trying to calculate it. And I'll refer people back to Randy's. I'm not about to sit here and tell everybody their finances, trust me, but how I'm managing it is just like every day trying to produce cash flow projections. What's in the bank account? Um, how much buying power do we have? How much? What's our payables at? What are our receivables at? If all the money came in and we paid off everybody and the bank, uh, meaning like a construction running line of credit, um, as well as all of our payables, what's left? Uh, and sometimes that number scares you and that's what keeps you up at night. That's what keeps me up at night. Right now, I am so mega stressed. Um, and that's why, you know, a lot of people, they see from the outside looking in and I think that's why it's good. And I was really excited about having this personal podcast with people because like I deal with a lot of stuff behind the scenes, man. Like right now I got this thing where my jaw is so locked up on the left side of my cheek because I sit in bed at night. And even then when I am sleeping and I clench my jaw like this because I'm so goddamn stressed about cash flow and money and and keeping things going and i'm not saying that in a way of hey our business is caving tomorrow um don't get me wrong we're we'll be okay and i'm fortunate enough that like i was talking about at the beginning if you, i needed some money i could get some money which we have and we do um but dude it's 
It's a battle. And every business owner right now, I hope that you can sit back with me right now and be like, not just me. Nice. Doesn't matter how big you are, how many followers you have on social media, how many dump trucks you have, how fit you are, how unfit you are, uh, how many beers you can drink in one sitting. Everybody has the exact same problems. And when I was opening up about this, that's what I really love. And I like that I can kind of save it for the podcast um, to talk about because it's more long form. I can only, you know, mention stuff in a minute long clip on social media or I'm not going to make a whole YouTube video about talking about my life and financials and stress. But that's something real that I'm dealing with right now. My jaw is so jacked up, like just from clenching it right here. Like I can't go like that. And it sounds crazy. And uh, <laughs> It's wild, dude. It's so wild. I went through a thing three weeks ago where just to fall asleep at night so I could actually get some sleep, I was drinking NyQuil, um, which obviously I don't recommend. And it was just like these four days. It was four days in a row. And like, I was just like, man, NyQuil will just absolutely help put me out to sleep. And I was just doing that so that I could like get some peace of mind and like at least just sleep because on top of all that stuff that i'm dealing with here i also have stuff over here <laughs> and uh jimmy starbuck actually submitted this question so this is a great segue but when i say i'm dealing with all the stuff over here it's managing a family and managing not only your business life but your profession your, your personal life. it's really hard um yeah man it, sorry i'm just taking back a bit it's like, you know, sometimes I sit there and try to think about how good of a father I am, how good of a husband I am, and probably not the best. Not because I'm out doing stuff I shouldn't be doing. I'm doing stuff I should be doing, but I'm just not present enough. And even when I am present, I'm probably not present enough as well. And I hope that other people can relate to this. I hope that they can't because that means that you got your, your, your shit figured out, but I don't have my shit figured out. I'm a workaholic. I love working. Once I hit a milestone, I'm constantly pushing for the next one. I'm not satisfied until, I don't know, I don't even know when I will be satisfied. But managing that uh, is difficult. And I took a two week vacation with my family. We went to Florida, hugely privileged to be able to go and take two weeks. We did it in January. Last year I went away in March and March is too difficult with work to go away. Although we're not doing a bunch here in Canada, it is still so difficult to go away because you're 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 tendering out projects and you're trying to get fired up. Um, so I went away. It was good, but my mind was just at work, you know. And like I think my wife could tell as well too. So I really struggle with the work life balance. I don't have it figured out. I am not here going to try to talk to people on I struggle with the work life balance or you know I still don't have it figured out. I'm what I'm trying to do is. I mean, you can't turn off being a business owner. It's so difficult, especially add to the layer of that, which a lot of people now, I mean, before I felt like I was kind of alone in this spot, but a lot of people now are trying to grow on social media, get their brands out there, super smart to do. But if you have your phone on you and social media, it's 24 seven. This morning I woke up, uh, I was with my daughter 6 a.m. Saturday. So staying with her till 6 a.m., which is nice. 
And by 6.15, I was messaging my videographer being like, why isn't a video up? We need to get a video up. I'm going to miss my upload window. My daughter had dance class at 8.45. I ended up just telling my wife, drop me off at the office. I'm just going to work while you guys are here. And it was from then till now. Now it's one o'clock and now I'm filming a podcast and it's Saturday. So it's currently one o'clock and now I'm here. But just trying to, I guess, be more present when I am around at home. Is something that I'm trying to work on. Um, so if people have answers or feedback, please reach out to me on uh, Con Expo, Con Egg. But and like, I also don't want people to get the wrong thing, thinking that I'm on here talking about how terrible it is, and oh, like I'm, um, you know, kind of in this constant state of mind of stress or disbelief of being a good husband and father. But I think my wife would disagree. I think I'm being hard on myself right now. Um, we live a good life. Don't knock at me wrong. Like I said, we, we I got to go away for two weeks with my family to Florida. We did do family stuff. We hang out. But that's just how I was raised. I was raised blue collar. Um, me and my dad didn't have the relationship of like hunting and fishing. We had the relationship of get your ass up and go to work. What me and my dad did together was work. Uh, I remember my youngest memory with my father was driving around, <laughs> he's gonna listen to this, uh, is driving around our yard, which is, you know, now the property that our new property is attached to, which is super cool. Um, and I remember him driving me around and, and looking at piles of dirt, okay? So we're driving around and my dad's, I think he had an old Sierra 1500. And we're driving around, we're sitting there and he looks at me and he kind of like, hey, I'm like what? And he's like, what do you see when you drive around here? Right? And there's piles of dirt everywhere. And I'm like, I don't know what he was getting at. I said, I don't know, dirt? He's like, no, money. You see money, Tay. All this dirt, it's an investment. The value goes up every year. The pits raise their prices. The value goes up. And I remember at the time, it was probably like 45 or bucks for a load of fill. And now you can sell a load of fill for 170, 180 bucks. So he definitely wasn't wrong. But my point being, that was the relationship with my father. And I thank him for that because I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying in a great way. Um, he taught me the value of a dollar, um, despite what a lot of people think. You know, I, I get it all the time. Silver Spoon Kid, uh, which I'm 28. I'm a man. Uh, I got two kids myself. Um, but he had the same stuff, right? Because I'm third generation. He was second. Uh, he had the same stuff growing up. So it's just kind of, you know, noise at this point. But he taught me the value of a dollar. He taught me how to make money. He taught me how to run a business, how to deal in business. You know, another memory that kind of pops out as I said that. And I think this is the perfect spot to talk about all this stuff. Uh, is driving up the road and I remember him just <laughs> there's a guy who wasn't paying him money for trucking or some rental work that he did and dad was just absolutely reaming the guy out to get paid um, because dad went through a really tough time um, and I'm not sure uh, you know I'd like to get him on another podcast and talk about that because I, I want to talk about his story so much but he went through a really bad time when there was repo guys showing up um, for his pickup trucks, for his machinery. And he essentially was just like, hey, take it. Nothing I can do about it. I don't have the money to pay for it. I ended up making it through, obviously. But yeah, um, I just, it was during that time. So that memory kind of stands out. And like, not that that's how you get money or, or pay for things, but it stands true to testament that my memories growing up aren't, dad taught me how to tie a Windsor knot. My, I don't even know if that's a knot. My dad taught me how to fish and hunt. 
I mean, we did do those things, I, I think, the odd time for sure. But I went on fishing trips, you know, with like my uncle or stuff like that. When me and my dad hung out, it was with, it was for doing business. I went on a huge tangent there and I got real deep. I got real deep. And I'm sorry for that. But um, I just felt like it was a really good chat. That was kind of answering Jimmy's, Jimmy Starbuck asked about, uh, you know, family and, and how do you manage all that. So that was my ch tangent onto this. Okay, let's go deeper here. Um, and I want to say that there was a lot of people that submitted questions about dealing with stress. So reach out, man. Everybody always here to chat, always here to talk. Cool. This actually segues well. Brady Polar said working with or for your father um, kind of segues nicely. We were talking about growing up and how I was with my father. Now being in the family business, working with my father. My, you know, I remember I did a podcast maybe three years ago and I was asked, you know, how involved is your father? And I think every guy or girl that has a has a family business goes through this. And what I'm going to say is going to resonate with a lot of people. You go through a point where you're embarrassed that it's a family business and that your dad or your mom is your boss and they're the reason that it's successful or you don't want to admit how involved your dad is or your mom. So I think there was a time three years ago where I really struggled with, and uh, so that's recent, where I really struggled with, people would ask me, and I was on a podcast and, and I said, you know, the question was like, oh, so how involved is your dad? And I was like, oh, pfft, barely, you know, it's just this guy, just me, man, just pfft, trucking along, you know me, running the whole show. Uh, and that was complete, that was a complete lie. That was not the, not the case. And it still is not the case. Fact of the matter, Somebody was behind me, <laughs> paranoid. Fact of the matter is, I would say my dad is like, not semi-retired, but he goes up to the cabin, he has shorter weeks, he doesn't come in until 9.30. His role is to aid me in, okay, we need to put X amount of dollars on this visa, is that visa paid off? Okay, we need to transfer over X amount of dollars for payments this month. Let's transfer that over into here. So he's kind of controlling. So a controller, he's kind of looking over financials, making sure that the stuff's getting paid for where I'm like making sure that the jobs are going, we're getting paid for those jobs. People are getting paid for the stuff that we used on those jobs, business development and marketing. That's his role. So it's kind of nice because it's kind of, kind of something that he's able to kind of roll back on a bit and, you know, show up later or take off when he wants to take off. So that's it. That's what he does now. Very important role. Very important guy. If he upped and left, you know, tomorrow, it would be just a cluster F of trying to figure out what the hell we're going to do. Pretty confident we'd make it through. Dad, you're listening. I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, I, I, fact of the matter is everybody goes through that stage in the family business where they don't want to admit. So that was my point with that. It's amazing working with your family. It's amazing working with your father. I have family throughout our business. I have cousins, uh, wife. She works here. Um, I had my sister at one point. Now she does hair. Um, I had two cousins, actually. Uh, it's awesome. It's the most fulfilling thing uh, being able to work with family. That would be the best way that, that, that I could share it. There's nothing else that beats coming into the office, seeing your family and just have the relationship that me and my father have as well too. That's it's, 
It's a lot of fun. Yes, uh, that was another one about dealing with the stress, sleep nights and panic attacks. Tomac Lawnscaping asked, this is a great one. Sam Youngblood said, how do you decide what jobs to say no to? So that's something that we are doing now. So what we're seeing in our job market right now, uh, so this is a very relevant conversation. Excuse me, I'm gonna have a, a sip of my non-alcoholic beverage. What we're seeing in the job market right now is a lot of people pricing jobs just above cost. So if absolutely nothing goes wrong, if the job goes 100% right, you don't go an hour over or an hour, uh, you don't have an extra ton of material, you might make two or 3%. We are seeing guys price jobs like that now. Why? Because things are slower, they have payments, as does everybody else, and they're getting scared and they're deciding to undercut and just grab whatever they can and maybe it'll work out for them. I think what you'll see is a lot of people that are pricing jobs right now that way won't be able to sustain that pace of work. They won't be able to sustain that business model of, hey, we're just gonna work at cost or just above cost because then what happens if you blow something on your dump truck and it costs 10,000 bucks? Well, then now your next free jobs are paying for that um, and you're making no money. There's so many variables in construction. So we are saying no to projects where we just had it this week. We priced to, I'll give specifics actually. We priced a job. It was $135,000 for a new home bill relatively close to here as well. We priced it, I think we priced it around 18 to 19.7% profit margin, which still is not even 20%, but that's what we wanna get because our overhead is, you know, like construction's 10 plus 10 or 10 minus 10, right? So you got 10% overhead and then maybe 10% is your profit. So let's say all said and done, I made 8% on that project, which isn't a lot of money, 8% of 130 grand. Um, that ends up just disappearing in payments and everything, but we ended up losing the job by $35,000. So, and we did not have anything extra on that. They, we, we, it was mind blowing. Homeowner comes back and says, okay, great. We want you to figure out, we want to use Ken White. Okay, we want to use Ken White. Oh, great, thank you. But we want to see you guys come match the other number or just, you know, just north of their number. Say, listen, I could take off maybe a thousand bucks, but I am not working for free and I'm not running my business at a loss. So I will say no to that project, then put myself deeper into a hole or run myself at a loss. And there's a lot of value in that because once these guys, and we talked about this on Randy's podcast, once all these guys fill up their schedule for the year with these jobs that they're doing at cost, they won't be able to handle any of the other projects that come out. Then I'll be able to get and come in and scoop them up at my regular cost. I'm not saying I'm going in there and being like, huh, nobody else can get these jobs. I'm gonna 25%, 30% profit on each one. I'm gonna price jobs how I want to price them, how I, as me, as a business owner can make money at doing it. And I'll be able to get those jobs. So the other guys won't have time to go out to do them because they'll be stuck on these shitty jobs that are making them no money. Now, easier said than done, especially when you're looking at cash flow and receivables and payables and money that you gotta put out. And so it's tough. But I strongly believe that this year is the first year where I have that in my mindset and we will see how it goes. So we'll have another podcast the same time next year and I will let you guys know how that turned out. Kyle Ainsel, 
asked, how long does it take to find out the person you hired isn't a good fit? And what do you do after? This is great because I like talking about people because this is specific with me. So I do all of the hiring and firing. I'm like HR, but I'm only HR with some, you know, some, sometimes Brad, my operations manager, he takes over that because frankly, I can be a little too, I guess, intimidating or not intimidating. I just come off a certain way. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a classic alpha guy. I like putting myself out there. I speak my mind and I'm very, what's the problem? Why are you doing that? Let's correct it. I'm not out there to, I'm just not the best person to talk to some people. I'm on a, I'm aware. I'm a very self-aware. So I do all the hiring and firing in HR. Most, not all. I'll know genuinely after the first week. I give guys a week and then I, I ask everybody else. And I don't just go to a foreman and say, so what'd you think? I talk to laborers. I talk to the equipment operators. I talk to the guys in the office. I talk to everybody and we figure out, okay, is this person a good fit? If they are, great. If they aren't, okay, what's wrong? Is it something that can be corrected? Is it something that can be fixed? And if it is something we can fix, okay, great. What are the steps to do that? If it's not something we can fix, sayonara, see you later, sucker. Um, and that's the fact of the matter. Um, so generally about a week. Um, sometimes it takes a little bit more. Beginning of this year, we had a guy come in. He was doing some PM work for us. Supervisor supervisor was his role i i hate name titles i know i know that it's a thing everybody don't get mad i know that titles are a thing but i hate titles i think it's made up bullcrap um yeah you need titles don't get me wrong i just think that some titles it's like what you don't want to be called that you want to be called this okay great sounds good you're you're that we hired a guy who's a supervisor um we kind of created a position because he was a guy that just kind of came around. And it was one of the ones where in the first week, you're like, ooh, okay. Somebody that's coming into a supervisor role is a very tough position and shoes to fill. Because the biggest part of coming into a company and being in a position where you are now telling other people what to do, it's not how good you are at, at planning or scheduling or how organized or how clean you can keep your truck or how fit you are. <laughs> it's about... How well can you gain the trust and the respect of the people that you are going to be leading? That is far more important than anything else. And I, I know that now because I've seen it firsthand. That happened. We had a guy that people, he's, he was a great guy. Like, I'm not, I'm not shitting on the guy at all. He doesn't work here anymore because it was his decision to go and start his own business. I hope he's doing great. <laughs> really? I'm <laughs> just kidding. But he lacked the respect and the trust of the guys in the field. And that's not up to me to go there because this was a situation that happened, right? I was there and like, okay, everybody, you know, like we need to be nicer to, so we need to be nicer to them. You know, trust guys, I did my part, but then I realized it's not up to me. If this guy truly wants his job and he truly wants to succeed and grow with the business. He, as someone who's putting himself in that position of, hey, I'm a great, you know, super or a PM, it's up to you to figure out how to be a good leader. I could give you tools. Um, you could ask me for that. If I see that, we had talks with him. Hey, this is how you might be more effective at leading the guys, but you need to be self-aware of that. Um, so that was one, rounding it back to the question where first week didn't go great, but I thought it was something that we could fix. And it turned out it wasn't something that we could fix because it was out of my control. I'm gonna reset the camera one more time. Hold on, Riley. Sorry, you're not even hearing. I'm talking. You're in my head. Cut. Okay. 
start seeing. So you generally know, and you'll be able to tell if someone's going to be a good fit or not. And I guess to summarize the story of what I just said would be, you're constantly learning the right answers to those questions. You're never done learning. I learned, you learn so much through stuff like that. Don't stop asking yourself, okay, what went wrong here with this person or this event or this job? Very important. Another thing that ties into the conversation that we've been talking about today on the podcast, I feel like this one, and I, I want you guys to let me know as well too. Like if you guys wanna see more of these solo podcasts, we're not done yet, I just wanna know. If you wanna see more of these solo podcasts, I feel like this one, I'm focusing more on, you know, kind of stress, the financial, the family life, kind of stuff that I'm dealing with relevancy in my life, but I also have a lot of other subjects that I know that you guys want me to cover. So I'm interested in that, um, or people. So suggest stuff to us, let us know who you wanna hear. I wanna talk about, I got a lot of questions about marketing and that's one thing that i definitely can talk about you know um the question was i believe it was from hold on a second here it was from riley m and it says what are the best forms of marketing that you have found success in the best forms of marketing that i've found success in is the ones that are the most authentic and genuine to yourself i was at a lunch yesterday with somebody and <laughs> yay Good boy, you're at a lunch. <laughs> I sat down and we were talking about marketing and you know, they're like, just how, like, we just don't know where to start. We tried to make some stuff and it was boring and we don't get any traction. And listen, if I were to say that from the start, my end goal was to have, we now have 330,000 people spread across three platforms, a hundred thousand on YouTube, we these milestones. It, that wasn't the case. It just, I was passionate about it. I kept it authentic and genuine. And I learned over the times, you know, what works and what doesn't work. And I was explaining it to lunch. And I was like, the best thing about what I get to do every day and, and market for Kenway Construction is I am my audience. So you need somebody creating content for your company that understands your audience. And in my case, it works the best because I am my audience. I am a between 18 and 35 year old male blue collar loving guy do not get me wrong i have a female audience base too it's about seven and a half percent the remaining 93 percent if my math is even right on that 90 yeah 93 percent is 18 to 35 year old males and that's not because that's like when i first set out i'm like that's just who i'm gonna target um we have females believe it or not that work here as well too and uh they are far better <laughs> at a lot of stuff than the guys we have here, such as organization, <laughs> just for starters. That could actually be a whole conversation on its own. Maybe I'll have, uh, I should get Kat. She's a dump truck driver for us. Uh, I would love to get her on the podcast to talk about, you know, her experiences in construction. But anyways, that's a whole other thing. I think a lot of big companies and people, small companies, they either sub it out to somebody else that maybe doesn't know construction because there's so many marketing companies right now. There's a lot of really good guys that do marketing. Don't get me wrong. And don't think that if you're listening to this, you're like, he's talking about me. No, there's so many marketing guys now that were like, ah, look at the money in the construction industry. There's so much money to toss around. These companies do a lot. I'm going to, you know, bank on this and, and start do and start a marketing company for, for construction guys. And they don't know what their audience wants for us. It started out as just showcasing the jobs. It started out as me, hey, this is a cool song. I wanna make a video to it and showcase this project. From there, I then realized, hey, 
I'm actually doing social media to hire people. I'm not so much doing it to show and to get clients, even though that does happen, but I'm doing it to show the culture. Um, I'm doing it to show what Ken White Construction is all about and the culture at Ken White Construction. And then making sure that when people come here, I'm acting on it. So the best form of marketing is making sure that whoever is creating your content, and I'm not gonna tell you one platform is better than the other. TikTok right now, I think it's great. I think that's a great place to be putting your content, short form content. It's kind of getting a little bit longer now, which is really cool. But also the new generation's attention span is just totally messed up. So you need to have a mix of everything. But making sure that who's doing that for you understands what you wanna do with the content and understands the people that are gonna be watching is great. Don't make a boring elevator music video to attract a woman or man that wants to run an excavator because the chances of them looking at your company and it's if and if it's like dun, dun, dun. built on foundation dun, dun, dun. transparency dun, dun, dun. life no one's gonna look at that and think that that's fun yeah talking to you right now that's listening to this and that is going hey our content is like that and we're trying to hire construction people and it's not working my dms are full of people that want to work for us because we make stuff that's morgan wall hardy understanding on on tiktok what songs you get away with you know big x the plug um more rap stuff uh you know little suicide boys uh ghost main stuff like that i'm getting really specific but i'm passionate about making content that people want to see and I'm not, I'm very passionate about people that are making content that people don't want to see. I would not be the best person to go in and make a video for the, the Bank of Canada because I will go in and they'd be like, the people we want to see this, Taylor, aren't going to think that this is cool. They're going to think that this is totally messed up and crazy or just like whatever. So I know my audience. I know what I can do. I know what I can achieve. So that's why I stick to my own lane. So best form of marketing, get somebody that actually knows what they're doing. I think I want to wrap the podcast up there because I don't want to, I mean, hey, this is however many minutes straight of me talking, but I love doing this. I love talking. I love the opportunity that AEM and Con Expo have given me. I love that Komatsu even reached out and wanted to advertise on this beautiful podcast. So we thank them as well for, for doing that. But please reach out either to at Con Expo on Instagram or to me at KWC2000 on Instagram. And let me know what you guys want to hear. Let me know if you liked it. If you want me to go in more detail, if you want me to talk less, if you're like, hey man, this sucked and put somebody else on the podcast and that's fine. But this is kind of something where I'm came in, I'm by myself, there's nobody in the office. Let me know what you want to know. I'll dive into anything. You want me to talk more about life? I'll do that. You want me to talk about personal stuff? I'll talk about personal stuff. You want to talk about I'm rambling. Thank you guys very much for listening to the podcast. We shall catch you on the next one. 700 and something many days until the next Con Expo Con Egg, baby. Bring it on.